0: Welcome to SageCast, the podcast of Pomona College. I'm Patty
1: Vest. And I'm Mark Wood. This season on SageCast, we're discussing mentoring stories with Pomona students, professors, coaches, and staff who work closely together in the classroom, in the lab, and in the field.
0: Let me introduce today's guests Alexandra Paputzaki, assistant professor of computer science at Pomona College, and Greta Elena Kut, class of 20 double majoring in computer science and French. Welcome, Alexandra and Greta. Thank you so much for having us here.
2: Hi. It's good to
1: have you both with us. Um, so, Alexandra, you're originally from Greece. Uh, Greta, you're originally from Estonia. Uh, yes. How did you both find your way to Pomona? Well, that's a long story.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, when I was looking at universities, I originally didn't even consider the US felt very far, felt very abs- abstract. Um, and yet when I looked into Pomona and kind of the whole liberal arts education I was very inspired suddenly and and also surprised that there is something that is a bit broader than the European um, very set kind of uh, um, mm-hmm. path in mm-hmm. the higher education that you embark on in the first year and that you have to just sit- they do everything in the way that your university has decided. And um, when I saw that uh, here you can actually uh, combine your interests, as I have a gazillion of them, and that mm. you can actually make something academically very rich out of it, it just uh, it just felt like that would fit me much better. So that was like the kind of the first major draw. And then um, Bumona was also very generous with financial aid. Um, and I was just like, yeah, you know, why not? Uh, uh-huh. It's it's California. It's somewhere out there. But uh, but, you know, let's let's go for it.
3: Okay, my turn. <laughs> it's a bit of a longer story. Uh, no, that's okay. <laughs> so. A bit parallel, though, because I did study in Greece, and the system in Europe is very different than the system here. Like, you kind of lock into a specific major. And I did four years of computer science, and I liked computer science, but I kept thinking, like, it cannot be that this is my only academic interest, right? Like, why did I take all those classes in high school, and I liked biology and chemistry and sociology, and now I have to somehow... Stop doing that supposedly after 18 when I'm at the prime of my uh, intellectual ability. So um, I considered going to the U.S. for um, a PhD program. I joined Brown University and the first week that I was um, in my office, I talked with my um, office mates and they're like, both of them were saying, oh, we come from liberal arts colleges. One of them coming from Pomona. Mm. Like, huh. What is a what is liberal arts. <laughs> that was my first question. What do you mean liberal arts? And they gave me the whole spiel and it, it was like, wow, do you mean that you actually chose what classes? Like they kind of force you to take classes outside your major? That sounds fantastic. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I need to learn more about this thing. So, I mean, I was progressing like within the PhD. I started liking teaching, like first as a teaching assistant. Then um, I taught my own class. And in the background, I was taking seminars on Um pedagogy pretty much and what are the the most recent developments on didactics and then I I got to see liberal arts kind of like from a formal uh, point of view and seeing what are the merits of this um, type of institution so when I was up for graduation it was kind of like a clear choice that I do want to be a professor I love teaching I love doing research and I want to be at a small place and Pomona had that kind of I think still you know nice kind of like sound to it it was the first (laughs) Liberal Arts calls that I heard. <laughs> of course, it didn't hurt that it's in California. Same thing. I had my share of cold in uh, New England and it's like, sure, I'll do that.
0: <laughs> Never looked back. <laughs> and Greta, tell us um, how has been your transition to Pomona as an international student? You, know, you told us a little bit about how you found it, didn't really know what Liberal Arts was. Um, how, now that you've been here, tell us a little bit about how that transition has been.
2: Oh, that's a whole (laughs) adventure in it by itself. Um, I think, first of all, Pomona did a lot to welcome us into, during our first year, I felt like we had a lot of different kind of support groups and the kind of um, orientation that we had uh, for international students. Like There was a lot of different kind of um, means to understand what is the United States, what is... Pomona, what is what is California? What is liberal arts education? Where are we? Why are we here? Um, Because of course, like it, it has. There have been some major like cultural shocks. There have been moments where you really, where I really felt like, um, like I didn't know how to find my place in here or how to, um, how to kind of, um, yeah, how to find my way of being um, in this context that is kind of foreign, but that it is equally foreign to a lot of also a lot of like. You know people who actually live in here. So mm-hmm. I like realized that, especially in California, like it's, it is not a place where, um, where there is one defined, let's say culture or, or way of being. It's it's also a huge um, hub and and just um, uh, a mix of people from from everywhere and also of different values. And so, in a sense, it's been it's been interesting to, um, to see how Pomona kind of like makes us value that, that, you know, we are all very much um, appreciated as international students and that we bring something to the classroom that is perhaps not there mm-hmm. um, just because we have a different perspective on it and we have had a major, majorly different kind of experience, educational experience so far. Right. Um, so it's been definitely a journey and and there have been ups and, and downs. But I deeply appreciate that we have this kind of systems like um, mm. like ISMP, for example, the, um, mentors that we have the international um, student mentors that we have also have an incredible host family who has helped Mm. me a lot uh, which i don't think they have this system anymore which is Mm -hmm. unfortunate but Mm. i um i also like have this kind of like tiny um you know my tiny family in here (laughs) who are, Mm -hmm. are also like welcoming me always and and helping me a lot whenever i just like this kind of Logistical stuff that you normally just need someone who is here and who knows how these kind of things work. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, um, so this this like aspects of Pomona are are the ones that I, um, as an international student, I, I appreciate a lot.
1: So um, obviously, you both uh, uh, found your way into computer science at some mm-hmm. point. Can you trace that back to any point in the in your? past, was it, uh, was there an aha moment when you realized this is what I want to do?
2: <laughs> <laughs> she, as Alexandra shakes me, her head.
0: More
3: of, oh yeah, that, that's what happened after high school. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I made it work. No, it was not, like I, I did not have much of a choice. Like I made that choice. Mm-hmm. It seemed that it was exciting. Mm-hmm. It was a new field. It was not something that a lot of people were doing. So I felt that there is a lot of promise. But because it was four years of it, for me, it was more of a question of within computer science, what Mm -hmm. would I like to focus on? And eventually, since I wanted to continue to grad school, it was I kept going back to the question of like, I don't want to be kind of like siloed into a single thing. I want to be more interdisciplinary. And then human-computer interaction, which is my research field, felt like, okay, it does actually allow me to stay rooted in computer science, but it allows me to communicate with people from cognitive science, for psychology, with design, like a lot of different fields that came um, together. Plus, it's been a while that I've been in the position that Greta is in. I had that ha moment.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think for me, it's interesting because I think I've, Vastly, like my start starting position was like you know choose anything, right? Yeah. Uh, Pomona, like where's this? Like, that's you a lot like, of
3: options. Yes. Exactly, yes,
2: starting right. and being like, okay, like how do I? What is in, in, in for for myself? Um, for me, computer science was, um, kind of just a you know, a trial thing. I was just like interested. I was I was curious, of course. Like I'm, I'm I I came here to try out as many different disciplines that I can because I cannot do that back home. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I grabbed from the opportunity and and the first, um, intro class that I took was, was fun. I, I was like, oh wow, actually I missed that because I, I came here with the idea that, um, I was gonna do social sciences like uh, PPE, uh, which was, you know, it's kind of like a Pomona specialty as well or something very particular about Pomona and then, um, and then when I was in, in the computer science class, I was like, oh, actually, I I kind of appreciate this this way of the, the problem the effect of it, the kind of idea that you have something you don't know how to approach it, and you don't know um, you don't even know like what it is all about, like the problem at hand. Let's say you have like mm-hmm. this, uh, this 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 algorithm or this um, this end goal that you that is in front of you. And you know how to even like how to even start thinking about it, like how to make sense out of something that you really cannot make sense out of it that first place, and and when you end with like you know um, we programmed this like huge I think it was like an asteroids game or something like this, and when you like end up with like something that you can see the result of, and you're like oh I just like built it you know and like uh 4 months ago i didn't even know like what you know what is i don't know java um uh, it, it it's just kind of inspiring to see that you can make this progress but it definitely wasn't like a clear choice i think it was also very much the result of um like when we did the research for example mm-hmm. over the summer that i i saw that it's not just um it's not just programming it's not just you know um being enclosed in a in in your office like coding From eight to five, you know, like Mm -hmm. this is kind of what I had in mind when I was thinking about computer scientists. And then, and when I when I met Alexandra, and when um, she came to Pomona, I was like, oh wow, there is actually there are so many different things in computer science, and it's way broader. And there is like you know, there is all this human aspect to it, and Mm -hmm. and that's why I also feel like I was very much supported by this idea that it's 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 a diverse discipline actually, and it's very it enables you to to dive into this particular path that you find that is kind of like sparking this um, this um, igniting something in you and mm-hmm. feeling like, oh, I actually really want to understand what is happening when we when you know, f- finally, when humans are using those computers, because right. it's like computer mm-hmm. by itself doesn't—it's nothing, right? It's it's all about like what we do with it. Mm-hmm. I think what
3: you're describing is really what brings a lot of students into it. It might be, you know, that curiosity that you have. I have a problem at hand. I don't know how to approach it, but there is something rewarding. The more you kind of like dig into it, that you start understanding what's going on. You start figuring out your own solution, and it's liberating to know that there are multiple ways that you can do it. It's not a, like a one answer that fits all of it and it can be frustrating along the way and discouraging because it requires technical skills it might require math uh, and so on but I think the rewarding aspect of having something tangible like I build that thing I build a program that does that is it's very satisfying along the way and that's what keeps people going and it's like you know bait after bait
2: (laughs) and I think it's even I felt personally that it was um, in, my, in my own life, I could apply those kind of yeah, for sure. mindsets. And yeah. I, I felt like my own life enhanced and like kind of my own problem solving mm-hmm. in like, I don't know, personal relations and so on was also about kind of, I could solve and use those techniques yeah. in trying to make more sense out of my own life and kind of like understand what's, you know, what is actually a problem and what is not, for example. Which so. is
3: interesting because I'm thinking often people say, does computer science fit? F- like fit in a liberal arts uh, environment, right? And you can definitely see that our students do learn how to think critically, do learn how to think in a holistic way uh, of a problem. And it's quite nice when we teach classes that they go beyond that. This is a tiny technical problem. And it's like, okay, okay, you're building something that will have implications on society, right? So um, you've taken like three classes with me. And along the way, we've moved from let's have the basic building blocks all the way to now you're about to graduate, let's start thinking of where you're going to work, what kind of implications that will have about the products that you're building, all those ethical considerations, they're really ingrained, I think, within um, the, the major that we have. And it's great to be at a place that students love these conversations. It's not like, just give me a problem and that's it. Like, make me think of why that problem matters. Make me think of why my solution will have certain like components in it that will make a difference in the lives of people, right? Like, what, what if I work on software that um, will dictate if someone will have recidivism recid- for of course, jails? So it's a lot of big questions that our students will have to deal with. And I think liberal arts education has them better prepared eventually than if they were at a big research school.
2: Definitely. Can you
0: take us back to mm-hmm. when you guys met and how that now that you've taken three <laughs> classes and we can talk about the research project also that, that's coming. Um, how you guys
3: met and how that relationship. We, we, were you in the, in the fall of 2017, right? You were yeah. in my first um, class? No, spring. I was
2: spring. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So second semester that I was here and that was your yeah. second year. Yeah. And that was the second time I was teaching data structures. And
2: Did we meet when you were here for the when you were a candidate still no i don't remember. Really. because <laughs> i remember that very well i remember very well when you were giving your presentation that was when i was like oh wow they're like first of all like you know young women who are teachers i was like wow that is a phenomenon i need to know who this person is <laughs> nice and i then, didn't know that <laughs> and i remember like your presentation like that
3: yeah the, so i gave my research presentation and a year later we, we talked during the class and I was looking for students to join my summer research project. And this is how we got in touch beyond mm-hmm. the class of like, oh, would you be interested? I think you were still also trying to find your
2: yeah, I like, was your still place within exactly, computer science. Exactly. I was considering and uh, looking at different paths or what, what is actually computer science and, you know, this kind of yeah. um, all these questions that we had. Yeah. And then, and then uh, during this summer... Yeah, then I guess we met for the for the research, right? And yeah, we I mean had, you like, completed kind of, the,
3: yeah the class and then we started We had the,
2: yeah. we received the um, the SERP uh, mm-hmm. award, so that was what we, were, I think the first thing that we worked together at. Right, that yes. was just the the SERP application, kind of thinking about like, what we would like to do, and that's that's how it started. Um, yeah, I can
3: talk more about that. We <laughs> like our research. <laughs> uh, yeah, please. please do. Please tell us, tell us more. more. <laughs> tell us more. Tell us
2: more. Well, I'm just thinking back now. Now that I'm thinking back to like, when we actually started, like when. I mean, I was, first of all, I was intrigued by the whole eye tracking idea because Alexander had been working with it before and, and already when she was giving them, I was still, you know, when you gave the candidate um, presentation or something, I was still what, like a freshman then, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, so I was just like going around, like just to any kind of event. And I was like, wow, like, you know, this is like, such a nice moment. And then I was like, oh, this eye tracking, like it was kind of like this whole idea of of human attention which was like i was kind of in this kind of keyword that really um stuck on me and i was like okay what's what's about it like why you know what do we do with with, with human attention in, in computer yeah, computer, science. computer science and then um and then we when we got more concrete about the, the serp idea and the whole proposal um we had uh some some ideas came came from alexandra so you proposed Uh, kind of like the the idea of, you know, using eye tracking to um, and perhaps some collaboration um, Mm -hmm. in some collaborative context. Um, And then we, you know, try to um, get it down to something more specific and something more um, kind of like a smaller scale, tangible project.
3: It started, I think, with my experience during my PhD with eye tracking, like figuring out where someone is looking at. And that Typically for computer scientists might stop in, I'm building a tool. I'm figuring out where someone is looking at. It's someone else's job to figure out what that means and okay. what to do with it. Or like maybe perhaps I'll help with building a, a user interface that will adapt based on human attention, but we don't really dig into those questions per se. But once I came here, suddenly I realized, you know, students like Greta have all this amazing interdisciplinary background. We can start saying, Can we do something? interesting with it so the idea of dual eye tracking like what happens if you have two people that are aware of each other's gaze in a remote context because that's one of the problems with remote uh, work right it's pretty nice to work from home but suddenly you don't have your co-workers around you you don't Mm -hmm. have this support system and you don't have the awareness of what are they doing so there are all those problems uh, with remote collaboration of how can i stay aware of each other and I look at you while we talk like gaze is a very powerful signal so what if somehow we could take the eye tracking that is happening and trying to figure out the gaze of an individual and we transmit that now from one computer to another like think of working on a google docs where you're collaboratively writing um, a document and suddenly you can be aware of each other's gaze we had this question of how does this affect um, behavior and there was some research beforehand that looked into um, references like people for example become a bit more concise. There is no reason to say look at line nine at word three. You can say it look at this, which is pretty similar to what you would do in reality, which you would point, right? Like showing the other that. person
2: where the partner is looking at. So you're kind of like
3: Yeah, you become far more exactly mm-hmm. direct you with it.
2: Always you always know where you are in a sense um, in this um, collaborative space that is created by by the by the software. Um, and, yeah,
3: we focused on writing specifically because we, we had this intuition that, you know, I, I, as a researcher, get to write all the time remotely with co-workers. Greta goes back home. She has an assignment or something like that, works away from, for a weekend. What, what do you do when you're not in the same place? So we started with a survey. So we started talking with researchers and faculty and students uh, online to see how much actually people do write right now mm-hmm. uh, remotely. And it... It happens actually quite a lot, and among students, a ton. Like, everyone works on assignments um, and
2: Like, Google Docs essays has together. become, like, a normal thing right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's ubiquitous, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's it's very, um, it has become so normal that, like, the question is, like, how, but since it's so normal, like, how do we, how can we enhance it or how can we still make the, the collaboration that happens over this also something that is a bit, little more organic and a little more, perhaps not even closer to because it's not like we can ever replace the co-located mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. that yeah, we actually, face, yeah. exactly, we, we cannot, you know, whatever we have when we sit yeah. together, like this is, well, of course, this is uh, irreplaceable, but there are ways in which we can um, provide other means of uh, kind of achieving the same kind of uh, coordination and, and awareness of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so we propose this cause, since the prior studies had also looked into this in other contexts, like Pair programming and um, some of them just like kind of visual like learning experience and and etc. Um, so we we were mostly interested in academic setting and this kind of like, basically our setting because we mm-hmm. were we were here it was summer you know at Pomona and then the most logical kind of um, context that we had was like the academic writing collaboratively. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and it, it was. Uh- I mean, it was a team effort for sure. It was Greta and there were two more students, Kevin Lee and Ethan Hardaker, that worked um, with us for that same project. So it started with technical also contributions of how can we build such a system? So that's definitely like mm. what you would expect from a computer scientist. And there were a lot of technical issues of like, okay, how do I go and take one's case? With a device that we don't even know if it allows us to take the gaze and then we transmit it we visualize it Um, but then it quickly turned into a user study we brought 40 people we had them do in pairs um, tasks and then the question started becoming of like does it have an effect on a collaboration this is a novelty in the 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 whole research point of okay i built something is it useful? Does it make any mm-hmm. um,
2: what changes? Yeah,
3: what made? changes exactly? Yeah. What does it bring? And it did bring. It was actually quite impressive to see all the the findings that we had. Um, so you want to talk about the, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that? Yeah. How, how do you yeah, measure that? Yeah,
2: that is that is the question. Like, how you know what is what is important to measure in the end, and yeah. what can we measure? Because mm-hmm. in the end, there are so many things that happen in a collaboration process, and it's very it's a whole field on its own. And we are just mm-hmm. you know. We are computer scientists, like, how can mm-hmm. we make our, how can we approach it? Mm-hmm. Um, what we measured was um, basically mostly we wanted to see what kind of level of interaction people have. So there are, of course, there are very many different um, styles of how writing together. And when you work with someone, it really depends on the two people who are working mm-hmm. together, what comes out of it. However, what we were interested in was the kind of Um, how tightly they were basically working together, like would it affect, uh, would it make people um, more interactive basically since you have this kind of uh, what we were kind of expecting or or hypothesizing is that you have this common space and common references also also, because you are not just like seeing the same thing, but you're also seeing where the other person is. In this space. Mm. It's yeah, a can very... you
1: describe kind of
0: how it mm-hmm.
1: works? How no, it
2: looks. Like. Yeah, <laughs> what are it
1: looks does it? Because it's, what did, it's what not, not like FaceTime. Seeing? It's
0: it's yeah, they're no, seeing it's, the same we thing. We had like,
2: different we had different conditions, first mm-hmm. of all. So like the baseline was just like what basically would be the equivalent of Google Docs, just like you see that the same text and everything is synchronously edited, but you know, no other additional augmentations there. Um, then the second one was when we had the gaze and um the gaze is a subtle, well, with this, with different kind of visualizations. So how do you, that's a whole other field, actually, is how do you you picture that, that gaze, you know, it's it has to be uh, subtle enough so that it's not distracting, mm-hmm. um, yet it needs to indicate something and it needs to be somewhat intuitive. That's like the whole mm-hmm. kind of HCI approach is like, how do you, how do you make the person feel like they can understand it without any, you know, explanations or any, any um, additional information that it's just like you see it and it's obvious, it's, it's clear. Um, so what we we just did different kind of different kind of shapes, different kinds of colors um, and that was like a whole prior like pilot study that we did on the visualizations mm-hmm. and then we basically gathered information from there and decided on the final one which was basically how do you describe it it's uh, <laughs> think of
3: highlighting maybe. A few lines of the paragraph that mm-hmm. you're that you're looking at so if i were looking at something great i would see the paragraph that i'm looking at highlighted with some kind of transparent color like think of mm-hmm. uh, some transparency br- of very it. like
2: supple kind of color.
3: yeah it indicates yeah. both kind of like the lines that you're looking at but also around the words that you're looking at of course we're not mm-hmm. super accurate with eye trackers right now that we could be you're looking at that precise word but you have a sense of
2: word is actually fine it's like you know if it's a long word, around yeah if it's a, word, it. yeah, like if a, it's a long yeah. word sure <laughs> yeah if
3: it's a no um, but yeah so that, uh, okay. that's what we're doing like we're mm. around that paragraph so you have that one we also um indicated whether there is overlap which is quite interesting to see if your gaze because you cannot see your gaze you know where you're looking at Yeah but there's no reason to somehow tell you you're looking at because then you start chasing your gaze. It's actually pretty interesting. You're like, okay, where am I looking at? Where am I looking at? And you're not doing your job, right? Cat with a light. So (laughs) whenever what you see, like whenever Greta's and my gaze would be overlapping, that would change color. So suddenly we know that we're looking at the same area. And it's quite interesting to see how people, because of that small signal, it's not a huge difference. They start being, okay, like let's work together. Mm -hmm. And um, the task that they had was, Um, we would give them a long text and we would ask them to summarize it. So you could think people saying that, okay, I'll summarize the first paragraph, you summarize the the second paragraph, and we're doing something totally split and in parallel. But the moment that the gaze feature was on, they're like, oh, let's work on it together. Mm. It doesn't mean that the quality of the collaboration in terms of speed gets any Mm -hmm. better because you might actually get slower because you spend so much time now vetting everyone. But -hmm. it could be that it's getting better in terms of the result. And it definitely Mm -hmm. increased the perceived kind of like level of satisfaction that they got out of the collaboration because, oh, yeah, it's not that I was working with someone out that I don't know anything about. them. we were working together and that kind of like made me feel more connected with a person. So it definitely increased Mm -hmm. like shared awareness, which was what we were hoping for and we actually did find And um, Greta mentioned the um, two conditions that we had, like uh, the extra ones. So we gave them the option to deactivate if they wanted that feature. Mm. We wanted to say, okay, like we Mm -hmm. forced you. Maybe you don't like it. Mm -hmm. And some people did not like it. And those were the people at the moment that we took that Mm -hmm. away. They Mm -hmm. were, okay, now I want to do my thing and you do your Mm -hmm. thing. So they definitely, there are different styles, I think, Mm -hmm. when it comes to collaboration. Mm -hmm. And writing is actually, if you think about it, It's kind of an intimate process sometimes. You really want the time to think. You really Mm -hmm. want the time to to write without feeling that someone else is looking at you. So we would not imagine that this tool would be there throughout the writing process. But there are always cases when you feel like, okay, we have done independently our work. Now we come together to kind of agree upon the final product. Mm -hmm. And this is when it does make sense to introduce that. Um, shared um, gaze because otherwise I feel like people we m- might be thinking if they hear about it, well, that would be annoying. Or I would feel like I'm being watched the entire time, right? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. And but um, okay. just to, like add on that, it's just what was I think what was funny and just like interesting was when we actually took the gaze away, and those people who had been saying, "Oh, like you know, it's so distracting," or they didn't like it, or they just like felt like they uh, they would prefer not to have it. Um, but then there were several, um, you know, proportional m- amount of people who were like, oh, I actually miss it. <laughs> like, so it's interesting also for me, it was just this process of um, enabling people to see collaboration a different way and then go back to, to what we have right now and then be like, OK, like, what do you I what like is the difference? Yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. And it's kind of like creating this need that people don't know that they have. Even, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind quite
3: of, novel. It's yeah, very new. Yeah,
2: exactly. Mm-hmm. So that and then was... you always
3: feel weird, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to touch it, but once I touch it, actually, I might like it now that you took it away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly.
0: And the study, could they see the gaze? Could they also see what the other person was writing,
2: or just
3: the yes. gaze? Yes, yes, yes. So, uh-huh. so it was
2: like a whole space, okay, like a writing space that they were together, mm-hmm. because they, su- they could share the document, all the, um, the hi- if they highlighted any text, they could see that as well. Okay. Uh, so it was it was all shared. It was like really like... Like Google Docs. Yeah. It, it yeah. Was, like Google, exactly. Okay. So it yeah, was, it was probably, synchronously
3: updated. You would type something, I would see it immediately. Mm-hmm. So it, it really feels like, especially if you're on audio or video call, it really feels mm-hmm. like it, it's as close as it gets with face-to-face interaction, given that you're not in the same room.
0: What are some of the future applications that you hope to see with this work? Or, or what were your expectations beginning and, and based on your results,
3: what are some of the hopes that you... So definitely we had the question of will it have an effect on the collaboration. Mm-hmm. It was not something that anyone else had seen. Um, people even building a system that allows it had not done it. They had found ways to kind of approximate, but technically what we did was um, pretty impressive by itself. But then we started, we, we've been working uh, since then on those different kinds of questions that um, came out of it, which is we're not focusing right now on collaborative writing. We're focusing more on collaborating, problem solving in, um, in the shape of games. It's fun, I think, for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have questions, for example, of, OK, uh, what happens when you have a different communication channel? Um, and there are a lot of um, theories out there from communication uh, side that are if you're on audio versus if you're on video versus if you're chatting, um, it's definitely a different medium. And it definitely affects the way that people collaborate. Mm-hmm. But because gaze is that's say. Novel thing. No one has looked into the combination of them, and this is exactly what we're doing right now. We're we're running a user study after we've built a new system, that people solve together um, mysteries, and as they're solving them, we're trying to see if the gaze signal somehow changes the way that they interact, and eventually leads them to, I don't know, more correct conclusions. And does it matter if they're on audio plus gaze, or if they're just chatting, or if they're chatting and seeing each other's gaze? So we're trying different combinations. So in general, we're like approaching it, you know, one research question after another. But I think in the long run, there are a lot of questions about remote collaboration. And I keep going back to the kind of the question of the workspace is changing. Remote work will become more and more prevalent. And all those problems that we've talked about, especially the idea of shared awareness, will be there because you won't have the face-to-face interaction. So we need to come up with ways to somehow mitigate those uh, problems.
2: Mm -hmm, definitely and another kind of a higher level aspect is also the what was interesting for me was the visual aspects of collaborations like something like writing it doesn't it's words right we would just write words but it's actually once we enter this collaborative mode and and this even with something as um as um text based as, as writing it is still highly visual so i think that is what is what was surprising for me and what i think has a lot of future implications to um, to perhaps go and like research even more what is what is the importance of this of this human gaze in this collaboration because it's, it's such a it's a huge research field and and people are doing interesting things and i think the um, the kind of implication especially for the future work or I imagine that most of you know who are now we are those who are graduating now we will be a lot of us will be working remotely or at least some parts of it or there would be uh, teams working remotely so we only tested it did our experiments and, and the whole research was on pairs which is very specific mm-hmm. kind of uh, collaboration mode right here it's it's me and you it's mm-hmm. it's that's it um, now there are a whole other set of questions that arise when we um, when we yeah. when we combine more nice people choices. and when we uh, you know how can we is, is there any way we can create the same effect or what how could it be done so i think that's that's a whole other um kind of bulk of research that is not it, it there are still there are things that are being done but it's especially with gay sharing and what we did for example specifically in our research that is a whole undiscovered field still so it's it's very exciting I, i'm I would love to just know what, where we are, like, it's, let's say, in, in 10 years. Well, maybe I could keep you here. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a, a post-back. Post, post post-back, yeah. Post
3: back, yeah. Post back, post, but back. just there open a post-back. For back. life, yeah.
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Post-post-post-back.
1: Now, did you use this in your own collaboration? And if so, did <laughs> they, it? Be your, yeah, I'm I th- just I think curious, did it, <laughs> it
3: feedback, does personal experience feedback into this too? So we definitely spend a lot of time working remotely, the two of us, like a lot of time being on Skype or on Slack oh, yeah. or on those things, like writing um, together. Because
2: we finished Serp in uh, the allocated time that was like by like ten weeks, mm-hmm. but then after that we continued throughout the whole summer. Where I was, I was in Estonia. I don't even know where you were it doesn't matter (laughs) not in stony (laughs) Stony. (laughs) and then i was studying abroad so like the bulk of the research and the paper and the kind of like the 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 data analysis analysis was all like remote Mm. so i was i actually proposed i remember i proposed it (laughs) because i think there was like a research paper that did that right like using your own system to write like to write the paper paper, yeah and and i was like oh we should do that (laughs) it says that we would need like a lot of uh they take support for our system. Yeah, we wanna be able to do
3: it. But it was pretty interesting and definitely like we do exactly what we're writing about. We do work remotely a lot. And yes. it it will happen again over the yeah. And, the and it is something <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly and it is something that we missed ourselves. Like I feel like when I was um when we were especially the kind of finals uh, final stage of writing, which was basically what we simulated in our research it's this phase when you you already have everything, you have um, the bulk of the work is there. Now it's about like making it concise, you know, you have those like 10 page limits, you need to, uh, you have the time pressure as well, which was also something that we like, we made people to work under time mm-hmm. pressure as well. So, um, so all those like circumstances make you really, you know, you have to collaborate really efficiently and very, mm-hmm. um, and you also have to like understand each other very well because, uh, you know, Remotely, it is like a lot about like okay, like what a lot of challenges exactly. Yeah. Like, well, what do we have to focus on? Like what needs to get done? What is okay? What is not? And and where are we? So I felt like that's something that I missed myself as well. It's those like huge LaTeX documents that are just like, you know, like gazillion comments and you're just like oh my god, like where where are we in this process? You know, mm-hmm. it's just like it is a very complicated process, especially research. Um, yes, writing research. But it you know? worked.
0: It worked. Yes, exactly. Yes. So. <laughs> yes, it did. So it worked so well. Yes. You presented it at
3: yes. conferences. Yes.
0: Tell us about that.
3: Yes, I should, because I'm very proud of her. <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. But.
2: That was I remember that was also something when we started. I remember um, how you were kind of presenting that that, that you kind know, of initial idea that you had, and then I was uh, I was interested. I was like, Oh, that's that sounds interesting, and like, you know, I think we, we should go for it. And then you were just like mentioning the fact that, the, uh, you know, um, well, you know, in my dreams we would love we, we could publish it or we could at least submit it to to CHI, which is yes. the um, greatest or the, the major um, conference in HCI.
3: Human computer interaction. So yeah. yeah, that was my goal because I was thinking
2: <laughs> I it's my first time were like, working at Pomona, we're that it's not gonna probably happen. But <laughs> because it it was a
3: high goal. You
0: have to put it out there to have for it to happen.
3: <laughs> it, it did happen. I am <laughs> thankful to the universe and the higher powers that helped with that and to the students that made it happen. I, yeah, I, it was the first time, my first summer here, I knew that I picked very good students, but I did not know if we will manage to build a system, run a study with 40 people, analyze the data, write it up. <laughs>
2: All it's those a things short in time. like
3: four months, but I think that it was just because we had a great team and everyone was working a lot of hours despite not being here. So we did submit it at Kai, um, and then around November, or November something. or so, yeah. uh, I got a phone call from uh, Greta being like oh, yeah. super excited about <laughs> we, we the got class. the first <laughs> we got the first result of the reviews. The reviews were very positive. They gave us an opportunity to rebuttal, correct any misunderstandings she handled that i wish i could handle it that, that well it was like <laughs> she didn't get stuck on criticism it was like okay you didn't understand this thing let me tell you exactly what we meant by that <laughs> it was amazing like greta works like a pro um yeah it was beautiful she addressed that and then um we heard that it was accepted and the conference um it was in glasgow scotland so we went together in uh, what was that,
2: may may and the beginning of may
3: which was amazing by itself because greta was volunteering finishing classes giving the presentation i want her to give the presentation as the the lead author of the the paper and she did spectacularly like the she actually said that I'm an undergraduate student. I remember people are being like, Oh, it does happen. And people would come to me afterwards saying, are "All your undergraduate students like that. I was like, yeah, they're good. I mean, she's very good, <laughs> but yeah, they're smart. They can do it. So it was amazing. You can definitely see that they know how to speak. They know how to write. They, they know how to give presentations. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a, an abstract idea. Liberal arts education does work. And, um, it, it's pretty nice, I think, to, to go out there, give a presentation and hear feedback um, by other researchers. And, um, see that your your work is valued and that generates immediately, okay, there's definitely more interest. We need to follow up with more research questions. Right. And we've been doing this. Um, Greta was gone for a semester um, in France, but she's back and it's my last opportunity this senior year <laughs> to get... <laughs> The most out of this coll- collaboration, so we have more students that we're working with. But yeah,
0: you
2: can collaborate remotely. Mm. Yes, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that's a hope. I, I think
2: the, um, I think the conference by itself is a huge experience, and yeah. and not many um, undergraduate students. Like, get to do that. And it's, uh, you know, it was, there were those ribbons, you know, that were given out, like, oh, what kind of like position you have? Are you like an author and so on? And then there were like, there was like a special, like, I don't know how many, probably like you can count them on one hand, how many undergrads were the, at the conference. So it was, it was interesting to be there and feel like, oh, like, you know, I'm kind of like not supposed to be here, but I'm still here <laughs> and feel like you are respected. And at the same time that you are exposed to all of this, yeah. all of this research and meet people whose papers you have been reading the whole summer, you know, like seeing the same names and knowing the big names and then suddenly being like sitting, you know, we, we had lunch with yeah. <laughs> a
3: big researcher and I was like, like <laughs> we've read the paper from this person. It's like, oh, wow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it just, it just feels <laughs> surreal to, to actually see them and be uh, you know, discuss what what are they doing right now? What's what are um, w- what is the current state of the of the research uh, field itself, and um, and also like just be inspired by by the postgraduate students and and mm-hmm. and professors. Yeah, it was it was a really fun and very really, um, I think very rich experience yeah. overall it was like it's just a perfect kind of like a cherry on top of everything you know like it's just like s- warning just nicely concluded everything that we've done because it was really like a full experience of, mm-hmm. of research from zero to to Kai <laughs> kind of, yeah. it
3: is impressive to have someone that works throughout the process and I mean like you actually worked on conceiving the idea. I had a, a- a vague idea of what I wanted to work on, but I did not have exactly what are the metrics, what are the hypotheses were coming. It was spectacular to see Greta. I started with, here's 10 papers that I want you to read. And within a week, she was like, here's another 40 that I've read. So what's
2: going on? <laughs> well, because I had no idea what, what, I had, what I was supposed to do, right? I had no idea she what was. She basic. was like, going the yourself, model yeah. that I had was like, so I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to do like her. <laughs> and then, and like, you know, just like get a lot of like extra. <laughs> and, and I think... It was spectacular.
3: Uh, I kept telling people, and they're like, "That seems like an aberration." It's like, no, no,
2: no, I don't want it to be.
3: This is an amazing summer.
2: Yeah, no, it was, it was, um, it was definitely almost like a simulation of the whole computer science mindset by itself, right? right? It's like, how do you? How do you make something out of something that you really don't know? Mm-hmm. You don't know the field. You don't know what is what is like, you know, what, what are actually the most, uh, let's say, the um, the questions that are right now in the air. I mean, of course, Alexandra knew those. So, so of course, that's how I could kind of get like some sort of um, step ahead and kind of mm-hmm. un- understand like where are we where we're we heading at. But um, but building it up from from scratch, understanding what is going on, finding your own way in this and like finding your specific kind of point of interest Mm-hmm. i think it was very um it, it just taught me a lot about what is what is research what is computer science research and what is um and the fact that you know as an undergraduate you can do that it's not some kind of um absurd idea for when you once you you know apply for for doctors or something no it's mm-hmm. it's it's you know i'm here and i can do it and then and we can go to kai with it which means that it is it's appreciated and we yeah. are we are welcomed as as uh, researchers so that was fantastic yeah Mm -hmm. very capable
1: so on a more personal level Mm -hmm. what have you learned from each other
3: i wish i were (laughs) back when yeah when i was your age i wish i were you it's amazing it's i mean for me i really like how kind of disciplined and organized Greta is that was spectacular to see that okay i gave you a list of 10 papers and you came up with an annotated document I don't know how many pages you had of notes and I was like why don't I do that I I keep having those good ideas and they're lost right I wish I had done that so she was very good in organizing and kind of doing the busy work while doing the busy work. So at the end, it felt like, oh, we've already done all those things. We already have our notes. We already have our questions laid out. So that was very easy in terms of meeting afterwards and going over the notes and being like, okay, fantastic. You've read those things. There are those gaps in literature. We can actually answer those things. Um, And just the fact that, you know, being an undergraduate student, not being afraid to give a presentation in front of hundreds of people that you know that they're faculty and uh, researchers that have been doing it for a long time that, that was it's inspiring to be honest it's very inspiring to have students like great and i think that is exactly when people ask me why do you want to come to pomona you kind of talk in abstract about oh i've heard that it has fantastic students right i do know what are the merits of a liberal arts education but then it makes it concrete and it's like okay that's why i'm doing the job that i am doing so i think that's what i learned that okay they exist <laughs> they make it totally uh, worth it and it, it's fantastic because i i do think that that's one of the benefits of being in an educational environment. You never stop learning. Like I do teach them, but I do learn from them. And um it's it's very nice and I feel like this will keep me young for in the years to come. The idea of like <laughs> they will show me the newest technologies, I will have the background in the research and we'll learn from each other. Mm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know what to say I'm right now. <laughs>
2: Just like, you kind of just like shake me like this. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean. um, I think, yeah, I think it's very true. The whole um, process has been very much like back and forth. It's not like um, one telling the other or kind of uh, it has been very organic. I feel mm-hmm. like it's very much of a feedback of mm-hmm. uh, you lay- laying some foundations and giving the kind of direction, me kind of picking it up and trying to see what else can we Can we make out of it or, Mm -hmm. or kind of adding my own ideas? And I think that's, that is what I, what I've appreciated the most is this kind of like very equal kind of uh, work that we're doing. Mm -hmm. And and it's very much of a, you know, we're a team (laughs) and and not just like, you know, a professor and and the student, and you know, student kind of doing whatever the professor is telling them. Um, So I think that is something that has enabled us to go very fast and then get yeah. Accomplish a lot. Um, I mean, there is
3: a reason, right? You need to be excited about the work that you're doing. Yeah. I don't want to treat it as a job that I'm hiring students to do something that is a menial job that I could do myself, but I don't have the time or something like that. I want them to have the buy in and feel that this is their intellectual property at the end of the day and that they can go and present it and be like, I thought about that, I built that system. And this is beautiful. And to have a team of students coming together, like Kevin, Ethan, mm-hmm. and Greta, all together working, it's just beautiful to, to see that work like happening mm.
2: and I also think um like one thing that I definitely have learned for you is kind of also standing for yourself and like um, also appreciating and kind of recognizing that you can do things and you are like you're heard as as an undergraduate like female computer science student you're like it's not like you uh, that you are in a some sort of a weaker position it, although you are of course and especially as an international student like I feel like it has been there have been di- times that, you know, I've been going to Alexander being like, you know, I really don't know what I'm doing. Like, what is this all about? Like, I just feel lost and I feel like I don't know my place in this because it's it's, you know, it's a uh, it's not easy. <laughs> and and yet, like what Alexander has done is that she has always encouraged me to to apply for all sorts of awards. Like when we even when we went to Kai, to we applied for or I applied for the um, uh, the. CRA, CRA. No, that was applied for many. Yes. <laughs> that was ACMW award, uh, which is specifically for women in computer science or in computing fields, um, and to attend uh, to attend um, conferences. And so, thanks to that scholarship, I could I, I could mm. go to do um, uh, do Glasgow and everything. And so I, I don't think I would have ever done that. Now now we applied, um, thanks to Alexandra. I applied and uh, got nominated by the department for the uh, CRA um, award, which is like very, I would not have just dared to do that because I feel like I, of course, yeah, I, I do things, but I don't feel like I, you know, I, I cannot see them from outside. And I sure. at times I, I don't know what's the worth of it. And then Alexander has always like reminded me that, you know, it is of huge worth and that I, you know, and it's, it should be recognized, and that that's something that I, I, I really appreciate because I feel like I would not have done it myself. I would not have. I would have just been fine with with research, you know. But like also be recognized that like takes you to a whole other level. It feels like okay. you're validated as a researcher as well, mm-hmm. and and you know as a as a female, which is still a, you know a minority pretty much. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially in a STEM field, I'm imagining yes. that's very yeah yeah. Very and, valid.
2: Uh, you know, computer science is. It's still, you know, we're getting somewhere, but it's it's still um, very much a male-dominated field. So it's it's great to bring this change and to feel like I have role models as Alexandra and that I, I am also inspired and, and kind of encouraged and, and just pushed as well. And mm-hmm. kind of I, I know that I can do a lot thanks to the fact that Alexandra has told me that, you know, let, let's, you know, let's submit this paper to Kai. You know, I, I would not have even thought about that, you know, I and, and yet we could do that. So that's incredibly inspiring.
0: Gret, I wanted to ask you about your double major. Yes, so you major in computer science and French, and yes. you mentioned you spent some time abroad. Mm-hmm. Is, are there any any similarities with your with your <laughs> two majors, or is it just two sides of your interests that you're pursuing?
2: Yeah, it's a very strange combination, right? It's, and especially I in French, like I've done only French literature, um, and it's it's been very uh, I've I've absolutely enjoyed the the French courses that I've taken and so it kind of became like naturally because I just took them I just felt like I needed next to computer science I needed something that I can just discuss like what is the meaning of life and so on and I love how French philosophers answer those questions so that was that was like my like high moments as well and so I kind of felt like I could like the two sides of my brain could like balance each other out. Well, Mm -hmm. when I was combining Mm -hmm. these two, which is a strange combination. It's not like I, you know, get credits for uh, computer science, uh, you know, doing French course or anything. It's like you actually have to take like two separate majors. Um, And um, although there are overlaps, especially now that I'm writing my thesis, it's very interesting because in my French thesis, I actually write about Um, uh, artificial intelligence so Hmm. I kind of make it come into one by by myself Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's that's kind of my my treasure right now because I'm super excited about my thesis and I really um, like to to investigate like I'm still in the research phase but Mm -hmm. it's uh it's 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 fascinating because here you can do that and that's exactly what I'm here for I'm to to combine those um those together yeah when I went abroad it was also I went to Paris, so I spent the full semester of my junior year in Paris. And um, there again, I could actually combine those because I was I was in France. I was studying in French, but I took computer science classes. So I was kind of like a meta level <laughs> <laughs> because I, I was doing artificial intelligence, which I hadn't done before, in French. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like, uh, you know, double layered of... Uh, uh, Kind of learning experience, and it's it's fascinating. It's it's fantastic. It's it's really fun, and and I had a great time. And uh, yeah, just I feel like what French gives me is this um, difference perspective. It's just this kind of constant reminder to, to think in a different way. Mm-hmm. So that if I get very uh, caught up with with computer science, because at times it is challenging. At times you are very tired and frustrated because it's tough. It's it's just a lot of like work. A lot of uh, time put into um those really like you know the, the core classes that we have for example um and you know at times i i feel like this this is what kind of reminded me of the fact that you know there are other things in the world and, and this is not a big thing and you know the i don't know like uh, foucault or whatever whoever we were reading at the time would would bring me a whole different perspective on mm-hmm. this and it would kind of nicely come together in this like um I don't even know how to call that catharsis. I guess <laughs> of, of you know truly, um, truly learning. And I think I uh, me me and my uh, my other French uh, majors who are all, so often we have double majors in the in departments. Um, they they also feel the same way that it's just it's just a kind of different way of uh, understanding the world, right? Because mm-hmm. computer science is also trying to understand the world right. and make sense out of it. It's just two vast different approaches. And then bringing them together kind of um, makes you, like, intellectually, I feel like it's just like uh, this gem that, that really enriches my life. It's yeah. sort
1: of what you set out to do when you came to a liberal arts college, right? I mean, to combine yeah. things that don't necessarily go together, obviously, right? Exactly,
2: exactly. And it's, it's strange because especially when I, like, once I leave, you know, the you know, Pomona campus and I tell someone that I study computer science and French and they're like, <laughs> so how does that work? <laughs> just like, them. it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> did it. yeah, yeah. You
3: play music also. It's not yeah, just it's, that, it's right? True. It's true, yeah. a yeah. you know, child of liberal arts. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just like, uh, it, it, this is a place for me to be. Because <laughs> um, I did consider for a while, instead of French, I was considering music as my th- other major. Because I've done music for, for a while. And when I came to Pomona, I picked up... Mm, my background was in piano and at Pomona I picked up the clarinet which um yeah I just came from the clarinet lesson actually I'm just trying to hear so uh so that there's also this like musical and kind of that the art side of it and it's it's like a it's a true it's a, such a privilege I think that I'm able to do that all together and that people understand that this is this is, has such a value and <laughs> it's it is so unique so Definitely like music, literature, computer science, it kind of creates like, for me, it creates this kind of wheel that keeps me going. Yeah. And I think it just feeds into like all of those different fields as well.
1: So going back to mentorship, Mm -hmm. uh, sort of our theme here. Um, Greta, have you had other important mentors here? And Alexandra, are there mentors in your life that you look back on and think they really changed your life?
3: Do you want to answer first? Or I, I, mm, go, yeah. ahead. go ahead. <laughs> to give I'll you some time. time? Yeah.
0: <laughs> she didn't pick up your cue. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I've i been very lucky. I think that I had um, people throughout my, um, I think, school years and afterwards uh, in college, people that supported me to to go to the U.S. Like, you need to continue um, learning more about this thing. And that was always inspire, inspiring to know that, you know, there is no limitation in all that. I can always learn more. And also, I know that I don't know everything. That's also great and humbling. Um, my advisor, I think, was some, a person while I was in my PhD that um, great. got to meet him at Kai. Uh, we took a picture with all the generations along the way. That was beautiful. But it's, it's very nice to have people that believe you and support you. His grand you. student. Yes, exactly. Yes. (laughs) If Greta becomes a professor, we will have that keep going. Yeah. The big family tree. (laughs) No pressure at all. Uh, But, um, yeah, and it's also beautiful to come to a new place like Pomona and um, see that there are mentors within um, Pomona, have people reach out to me when they that was not their job. It was like out of, hey, we know that you're new. Do you want to come for dinner at home? It's like, oh, it's so nice of you. I don't live here, but I know that people are more than willing to to listen to me and to support me as a junior faculty. And we have that both in formal ways in the department, in the college, but I think also informally the community has been very warm. And that's again like going back to being at a small place that you feel like you matter. People matter. That kind of interdis, like interpersonal relationship, um, manifests itself again and again.
2: No, it's, it's true. Right <laughs> it's true that at times it feels like we're all each other's mentors. Because in the end, since we have this uh, friendship, literally between students and professors, um, you can always. I, I feel like I can always go to my professors and 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 you know ask anything that I. I feel like asking or or if I need help or if I need some advice everybody is so open about it so it's it's not even it's not even a question it's it's just like it normally just comes up in a conversation it's not mm-hmm. like you would like beg for help or anything mm-hmm. it's just that you like talk about other things as well it's just it's mm-hmm. not just about like you know did you get the problems at done it's it's also like going beyond especially in terms of career advice and so on it's it's super important to have those moments when you just Kind of um, go back and forth in terms of uh, trying to figure out what's, what what would, what could be the next path be what what are the different options in this discipline and um, broadening your kind of horizon in this way. Uh, I definitely also um, I would like to thank perhaps my my French um, uh, advisor. So in since I'm a double major, I also have two advisors. And um, that's Professor Abecassis, and he has also helped me a lot, uh, just uh, in terms of finding my place in here. And I feel like that was the first uh, French literature class that I took in here was with him, and so I kind of got into this this whole uh, uh, French literature uh, kind of obsession, I guess, (laughs) from uh, from this first class, as it was with computer science. So um, having you know him and then alexandra as my advisors i feel like i i have always someone to go to and this and this is super important actually it's just i i don't think i recognize it often enough myself that the, how much this gives us the, the fact that we are always very much uh safeguarded in a way like i, f- I feel like my professors would always notice if there is something not quite right or if you're if you didn't perform up to your, what you are normally doing it's they they would recognize that and be like okay like you know is there something can we can we do something it's it's not just about what you you can do yourself to be a better student or to perform well do you do better it's also about what what the professors can do better and that's something that is not obvious it's you know especially if i re- reflect back on my study abroad experience in Paris, where, you know, it's a very different system, of course, like, there is no reason exactly to to make a parallel, but there is definitely a huge difference when you have a professor who just comes, teaches, leaves, and, you know, does their own research, which is totally valid, right? This is also a whole different way of being a professor, but here, professor, being a professor is like, is a whole holistic kind of a, a position, right? It's a, it's a position of of, um, how do you call it? Like also support and that's Mm -hmm. unique. And I, I think, yeah, I, I I would like to, you know, I'm grateful for all of my professors actually, because, because they are all in one way or another, they have helped me to figure out what, what I want to do with my life and what what Mm -hmm. I want to pursue later on. It's, um, it's definitely very unique to, to Pomona as well.
3: I did not have this experience as an undergraduate student. I remember the first time I reached out to a professor and he was like, you talk to my TA, I don't talk to <laughs> oh <my laughs> oh, It was yeah. very different, I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. I knew that I like teaching from that I don't that think moment. I
2: even could ask that question, you know? I, like, like, the professor just left and I'm like, uh, yeah. oh, well. No, they told Paris me that. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay, it's well, uh, that's it. <laughs> okay, cool. It's, it's very
3: different. And I think all of us, like, I see that with every single uh, colleague that I have, that people are dedicated and they're, they're... We're all here because we care not just about teaching, not just about research. We care about who is standing um, across the room and... Um, it's very nice um, to see that people trust you and come to your office and they will ask you about that technical thing that they're stuck and they'll also ask you for advice. And that means that they, yeah, they do trust you and your opinion matters. And of course, that's like a lot of responsibility to feel like, okay, I hope I'm not going to give the wrong advice, right? (laughs) But um, (laughs) the fact that there are multiple sources of uh, advice makes me feel like, okay, (laughs) across everyone they'll get what they need. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Finally, any advice that you guys have for uh, students thinking about computer science? Or, as both
3: of you have an international background, any students considering liberal arts colleges? Mm. Do it if it's for liberal arts. I I wish, if I were, to somehow turn time back. I I would (laughs) love to do exactly what Greta is doing, be able Mm -hmm. to explore. And for students that want to do computer science, because it's a very popular major right now, do it. But continue taking classes, like no matter what the environment you're in, it's so beautiful to be able to to stay always curious and keep learning and keep thinking. Okay, it's not a siloed thing. It does communicate with so many things. It does have a profound effect uh, on lives of people. So I think it's it's nice to pick a place like Pomona because it does encourage that throughout. I think every class that you take, but it shakes you a bit because you're like, oh. I never thought of that thing and suddenly it appears everywhere and suddenly it makes it look like it's very important and I have to to keep thinking about it. Um, Being an international student, I mean, I I came in a different phase in my life. I was a bit um, older, but it can be challenging and at the same time it can be extremely rewarding because you have suddenly people that you wouldn't think of being friends back home, you also feel maybe close with international students. Just the fact that they're international makes you feel closer to them and you're like, oh wow, there are so many similarities across cultures, right? Mm -hmm. And um, my best friends are are from India and we always make uh, jokes about, oh yeah, our parents are saying exactly the same uh, things and it's fantastic to be like okay like there is something in humanity that connects everyone and it goes it transcends it 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 goes beyond um, backgrounds and um, it's also very beautiful to be oh US is not that monolithic thing that I had an impression of when I was back uh, in Europe it's a very diverse environment and Um, As Greta was saying at the beginning, being California, I think that's fantastic because here at Pomona, you have so many diverse backgrounds of faculty, of uh, students. It's constantly being reminded that we're all kind of of the same, and at the same time, we're all so different. And that's the beauty, I think, of it.
2: Mm -hmm. Definitely. I agree. Liberal Arts College, I would do it. Like I, I mean, I'm here. I'm here for a reason. I, it took me, you know, almost a year to figure it out. But I think that was the, especially for people who are, um, who are more. Let's say whose interests span a lot more than just one field. I think it can be frustrating for people who are very set in their field. Let's say, you know, becoming. Uh, especially for international students wanting to become a doctor, for example, or, or going into medicine, or it's it can be frustrating at times to feel that uh, that's that's the one thing that you want to do, and then you have to do like a other things. Because people are different, right? It's like I know that like I'm I'm the kind of one extreme of this. Like, let me give me like all of those different things that I would be super interested in almost all of them, and I want to like learn as much as I can. Um, so it really depends on also like the kind of person uh, the personal preference in terms of being more like singular or, or being more horizontal kind of in the, in the horizon of, of different interests that you can have. Um, but I, you know, if at, at the same time, I feel like even those people who have the idea that, you know, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life, I'm settled. I, I just want to go to like, uh, a great school. I still think that they should do their arts, because <laughs> I still think that we need that. I think the world needs that. It we need to kind of break away from this idea that, you know, this is uh, this is what I picked as my as my field. So now I'm gonna do that, and and I'm great at that. But I don't really know what's anything else. You know, I, I uh, perhaps you can read, of course, things. But how much time do you actually have outside of what you're mostly spending your time on doing like extra things? It's 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 a very minimal. So during this four years that we have in here having this um, broad spectrum of things that you can already choose from, which is interesting because you have to think about what do I, what am I interested? What can I, how can I enrich my, um, enriching my experience in here? What's the, uh, what are the things I would never do, for example, which is often that I hear people asking in here. It's like, oh, like this is something that I do because otherwise I wouldn't do it. And if I wasn't at Pomona, I wouldn't do it. Um, And that's, I think that's really cool. I think that's kind of like breaking out of also like what you already know, what you already thought you were going for, and that's—it's kind of refreshing to just like be constantly questioning yourself. I think it's just—it's just essential. Um, what was the other question? <laughs> <laughs> <Interesting> <laughs> oh, computer science. Uh, computer <laughs> science, I think. Um, I think computer science. First of all, I think everybody should try it. I think that is that there are some skills that are essential and the. A, for for the future and uh, that is kind of it's very neat to have them and it's also very empowering. I think just having the kind of basic computer science skills is just something that you feel like oh, I have something that I can do like you know I can physically like code this thing for example and it, it's it's very it's very nice as a feeling um, and. Yet, I would like to also encourage people to think critically and be more, because there are a lot of people who go into computer science because at the moment it is very prestigious. It's very, you know, well regarded in terms of uh, what are the job opportunities, etc. But I think we have to be more critical in terms of like, you know, why are we doing this? Like, as it Because it can become very, so very frustrating when you are. Facing those questions, like those ethical questions, for example, that Alexander mm-hmm. was talking about, and that you feel like you don't even know if you are contrib- if you are coding or or um, working as a you know future software developer for the right thing, yeah. or or um, if if that what you're doing is meaningful at all, and and in that sense, thinking about the different fields that are inside the computer science, um, that that is crucial, I think, and that's why. I really appreciate it at Pomona we have a huge variety of different research disciplines in in terms of like the professors being engaged in. Uh, we have you know Alexander with, with human computer interaction. We have natural language processing. We have you know systems. We have mm-hmm. every single professor has their own kind of specialty, and it's that is something that I think um, already undergraduates should think about. Like what's what is something that um, something specific that I I can always uh, Go more deeper into and mm-hmm. kind of investigate from closer, and in that sense, like a research experience, it's just the the SERP, is is perfect for that. I think. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah it's it's quite critical that people do have some understanding of um, computer science, some computational skills, like the workplaces are changing and it's quite nice to do it regardless. Am I going to be in humanities and social sciences um, or in STEM fields? But you don't have to stay within computer science. If you do stay within it, I think it's a beautiful world. And um, we do have very capable uh, faculty here and all of us have different um, research interests, which is quite nice because it means that, you know, three doors in a row, you're going to have such a, like, vast, uh, diverse kind of... um, knowledge of uh, the coming from people. Yeah, I think that Greta covered me. I think the SERP is, and I see that not, of course, only within computer science. It, it's a wonderful experience that uh, Pomona students have in getting into a summer and really understanding something in um, more depth and making it their own. So on that note,
1: uh, we're going to wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Um, our thanks to Greta, Elena Kut. Uh, Class of 2020, and uh, Professor Alexander Paputsaki.
3: Thank you so much. Thank you 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 for the invitation. This was fun. It was wonderful. Thanks.
0: (laughs) And to all who've stuck with us this far, thanks for listening to SageCast, the podcast of Pomona College. Until next time.